0: This is Latin Pulse, a weekly analysis of news and public affairs in Latin America, brought to you through the cooperation of the School of Communications at Webster University, the global university, headquartered in St. Louis, Missouri, and Link TV. And now, here's host Rick Rockwell. Bienvenidos and welcome to Latin Pulse. This week, mystery and celebration in Latin America. The mystery comes to us from Argentina as we delve into the controversial death of prosecutor Alberto Nisman. And the celebration, Carnival in Brazil. But first, Gabriela Canchola is here with our weekly review of news from around Latin America.
1: Members of the Argentine Forensic Anthropology Team called for more investigation into the case of the 43 missing students in Mexico. The Mexican government officially closed the case on the missing students last month, saying all had been murdered. The students were arrested at a protest in the state of Guerrero last fall. Prosecutors say police then handed the students over to a drug gang that killed them, burned their remains, and dumped the ashes into a river. The Argentine team said their preliminary findings do not match some of the Mexican government's information. The leader of the team, Luis Funderbreiter, says the case represents just part of the drug war in Mexico. In the case of Mexico, in the last seven, eight years, 20,000 people disappeared and are still missing and many bodies have been found in masquerades all the time. So this is a, a little sample of the situation in Mexico at the moment. The Argentine team was founded in the 1980s to recover and investigate remains connected to Argentina's dirty war. The team has gone on to investigate cases in more than 30 countries and is renowned for its methods. The forensic team criticized the quick closure of the Mexican case, saying that Mexican authorities have examined less than a quarter of the available forensic evidence. Argentina has its own forensic mystery, as more evidence comes to light in the mysterious case of prosecutor Alberto Nisman. Argentine authorities found Nisman dead in his apartment last month. Just a day before, he was to give an official report to Argentina's Congress about the involvement of Argentina's president in a cover-up. This week, investigators say they have found DNA in Nisman's apartment that could mean he was not alone when he died. Authorities originally ruled the death as a suicide. Nisman's investigative report accuses Argentina's president and members of her government of covering up Iran's involvement in the bombing of a Jewish center in Buenos Aires in the 1990s. That bombing claimed the lives of 85 people. We'll have more on Nisman's case later in this program. The gold rush to reach the Cuban market is on for U.S. companies. And Netflix is one of the first to make a deal. The streaming television service announced this week that it will make its service available in the communist country as part of the change in U.S. policy. Netflix is known for its popular political drama, House of Cards. American Express and MasterCard have also announced plans to launch operations in Cuba soon. How do you engineer a jailbreak without using a weapon? Three women in central Brazil have an answer. They wore skimpy costumes when they arrived at a jail. They offered the guards whiskey and something more, an orgy. The guards agreed. Little did the guards know the whiskey was spiked with drugs. The women used the guards' own handcuffs on them after the drugs knocked the guards out. And then the women led 28 inmates to freedom. Brazilian authorities have since recaptured eight of the escaped prisoners. For Latin Pulse, I'm Gabriela Canchola.
0: Thanks, Gabriela. And now, the complex case of the death of Alberto Nisman in Argentina. As we heard earlier, Nisman was a special prosecutor investigating the bombing of a Jewish community center in Buenos Aires in the mid-1990s. He was scheduled to publicly lay out indictments against Argentina's president, Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, and members of her government. The accusation? that the president and her government actively concealed the involvement of Iran in the bombings. In exchange for the cover-up, Iran and Argentina would create stronger economic ties. However, the day before his congressional testimony on the case, Nisman was found dead in his apartment. At first, investigators ruled the death a suicide, but President Fernandez said she thought the death was no suicide, and forensics have shown Nisman had no gunpowder residue on his hands from the revolver left at the scene of the crime. Questions remain about who might have gained access to Nisman's apartment and eluded his special security detail stationed outside, if anyone did. The president has pointed her finger at Argentina's intelligence secretariat and its chief of counterintelligence, Antonio Jaime Stiuso. She says he led a group of rogue spies to destabilize her government. President Fernandez fired Stioso in the fall, and she has since accused him of misleading Nisman in his investigation. Further, Fernandez has called for Argentina's spy agency, the intelligence secretariat, to be dismantled. And a bill to do just that is now working through Argentina's Congress. Investigators can't find Stioso, and some protests have erupted calling for justice. Recent polls reveal 48% of the country believes the president had the prosecutor killed. We asked Fulton Armstrong of American University's Center for Latin American and Latino Studies for his analysis. Armstrong is formerly with the staff of the U.S. Senate Committee on Foreign Relations and is also a former U.S. National Intelligence officer. He joined us via Skype from Arlington, Virginia.
2: Well, the speculation is so juicy that we should talk about it a little bit because when you look at the multiple scenarios, uh, multiple interpretations of what's happening in Argentina this week, you know uh, that while Argentina has always had more than its fair share of conspiracy theories and accusations and counter-accusations, usually driven by personal prejudices or political agendas, um, this, the, the death of special prosecutor Nisman on January 18 is really possibly the most fantastic, the most, not fantastic in a positive way, but the most, uh, extraordinary case of how theories and accusations and conspiracies, um, have run amok. And it's very, very difficult to see what's really going on in this country, which can ill afford Yet another political crisis.
0: Well, well, you would think in these sorts of situations that a president would want to tamp down speculation. If, if anything, you could say that Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, the president of Argentina, has, has uh, ramped it up.
2: She has in some cases. One could even say that the lady doth protest too much. Um, One of the early accusations made in this murder, suicide, whatever it was, was that she and Foreign Minister Timmerman were the ones who had ordered it, or certainly saw great convenience in it, and while wringing their hands and saying, it'd be nice to rid myself of this man – magically he dies with a gun that he had gone to borrow from an assistant of his that the presidential palace says was an intelligence operative, but there's no evidence of that um, and all of that. This is a conspiracy inside a conspiracy inside a conspiracy. It has everything but sex. Wait a second, maybe there is some sex in there uh, that we should be looking at. But it's very sad that that a, a good man um had had this fate. We analysts love to build conspiracy theories that answer all of our questions and that ignore that there really sometimes and truly are coincidences in um, in foreign affairs and stuff. But two, that you have to be very careful because your bias on an issue like this almost always determines your outcome. If you if you're anti-Christina, your your heart is gonna and your mind at every juncture is going to be steering you toward one of these conspiracy theories that she ordered the murder and stuff. So the first scenario was that, that the, he was a national hero um, who was assiduously investigating the attack on the Jewish community center in 1994. And the the attack, I think it's pretty widely accepted, was executed by Hezbollah members. But the Iranian angle has been of interest to everybody because they would have helped with the planning and the funding of it. And everybody had said for many years there was not evidence of an Iranian angle in it. In fact, an FBI expert uh, last 10 years ago uh, said, said that he was in charge of Hezbollah operations and analysis at the FBI, and there was no Iranian angle, and that this was all um, quite exaggerated. But Nisman really was pushing this uh, very hard and i he he seems to have been convinced he was developing uh an arrest warrant for the president and the foreign minister on charges of covering up the iranian angle and, and, and indeed
0: the the investigators have found the arrest warrant uh in conveniently in the trash can in his yeah.
2: apartment yeah but it's he had said publicly several days before his his passing that he was working on it. So I wasn't completely surprised. It wasn't all that revealing, uh, except that it was in the trash can. Uh, was was kind of funny. So the, the first scenario is that this was a good man, maybe, maybe a little bit too assiduous, but this is a good man who got into the bottom and found information that no one else had, and that his evidence of a cover-up was that the president and the foreign minister had been colluding with the Iranians in, to facilitate business deals, basically Argentine grains for Iranian oil, even though Iranian oil can't directly, apparently, be exported to Argentina because Argentine refineries can't handle it. The problem with that, some of that conspiracy is that that interaction between Iran and Argentina was totally open. It was in the media. There was an official accord written in 2013 to do it. And a lot of people, including the business sector, unions, the media, and the intelligence services were part of this bilateral exchange between the two countries. So what he found beyond the publicly available information must have been pretty doggone good. We'll have to see. The second scenario is that he was sort of a zealot, uh, he had made similar charges of a cover-up by Carlos Menem in 2006, accusing Menem of taking a $10 million bribe from Iran to do essentially the same thing he's accusing um, Christina and uh, Timmerman of doing. And so I don't know uh, – does what does that mean? You go after a variety of different presidents of particular political stripes. I just don't know. But the, this conspiracy theory has a really juicy subconspiracy in it, and that is the role of Argentine intelligence, the SI, and the and the firing of the longtime, I think, twelve or thirteen year head of that service uh, in December, and he, who was deeply involved in supporting Niesman's investigation. So was he basically turning on the president who fired him? Or I think what he did was organized him out of, reorganized him out of a job. Um, But Stuso's role in all of this is kind of bizarre and it makes it spy versus spy. There's an Israeli angle as well with journalists moving around and people having meetings and lots of things. So it could be that there's a, a struggle within the intelligence community down there and that one manifestation of it was the manipulation of this well-intentioned but perhaps perhaps somewhat zealous prosecutor. And then the prosecutor, in some bizarre twist of the story, uh, is the one who winds up taking the bullet. There is, of course, a chance that it was a suicide and that he got in deep. Uh, He got in deep. He had put himself way, way out there with accusations and threats, and he was going to testify before Congress. And then he sort of looked at his in his portfolio and he said, gosh, I really don't have that much. I'm in trouble. Or another one, if you forgive me, um, uh, in another one is I can't take Christina down in the courts. I'll take her down in the court of public opinion by by creating this scandal. Who knows?
0: And, and there's also been the speculation that it was a forced suicide. Someone put another gun to his head and said, either I'm killing you or you're killing yourself. So um, that has been one of the parts of the speculation that the, um, that the investigators have put out there as, as possible in this particular case. And so those are three scenarios there that, uh, that we've talked about. There's been a lot of discussion also of the deep state the idea that the Argentine intelligence services have always worked to protect the presidency in that country, and whatever the president wanted, um, extra legal or not, and so going all the way back to the Peron era and bringing Nazis into Argentina, which which has its own um, ironies, given the case that um, that preceded all of this uh, Jewish. Emigration to Argentina in in large ways post World War II, but now you have the intelligence service perhaps saying that Cristina had gone too far in dealing with the with the Iranians, and that is also part of the speculation that the president went too far, and the intelligence service was saying no, that's not what the Argentine state should be doing.
2: Yep, I think I think you're right. It could be there. I mean, th- this is just an incredible Christmas tree of conspiracy theories, as I said. Before, the analysts are tempted to try to find a conspiracy theory that answers all of their questions.
0: Well, that's not a conspiracy theory that I've made up. That's one that the British press has been putting forward. The idea, uh, of course, the Brits have their own um, iron in the fire, given their history with the Argentines. And so uh, that may also be convenient British propaganda. Very hard to sort through all the different people who have uh, points of view in this particular case.
2: Right That, however much partisans of one perspective or other want to believe one of these many scenarios they they all have trouble reconciling information that doesn't fit them that actually in some cases contradicts them. Part of the whole deal here was that that Christina and Timmerman were supposedly offering to the Iranians to turn off the Interpol investigations and arrest warrants in return for for uh, lucrative business deals with Iran. But the Interpol people have repeatedly said publicly, publicly and privately, I'm assuming, that there's that actually no such request had ever been made, or even intimated uh, in the context. So what is the motivation other than business and stuff? I don't know.
0: We, we of course, are only seeing the tip of the iceberg and in the information that's publicly available in this story, but, but we're going to see more because the president has put into motion um, a, asking for a bill before the Argentine Congress to dissolve the intelligence secretariat, um, and so we're going to see more debate about this and whether that actually should be done.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think yesterday uh, two, uh, two committees of the Argentine Senate had already approved preliminary drafts of the legislation dissolving the current intelligence secretariat, and creating a new one. Uh, you, you're right. I don't know how many new secrets are going to be trickling out that are going to be true, but I know a lot of things purporting to be true are going to leak out as people scramble for their jobs, their careers, their reputations, and to stay out of jail. President
0: Fernandez has talked a lot about impunity, that, that, that her in, entire administration is based on the fact that, that there should not be impunity and really has said that, um, that this prosecutor had to be eliminated by the security services as, as a way of a, uh, a bit of a coup against her. That, that's how she's presented it, I think.
2: Well, that gets into this scenario that I was talking about is here was a zealot that had been manipulated by elements of, including the former director, the intelligence secretariat. That Democracy was going to take her down and I guess seek some sort of revenge against elements that remained in the, the intelligence Secretariat sovereignty, and were being, sovereignty, that were that had things to hide themselves. And, and as the we know, um,
0: President Fernandez,
2: talked about it on this program multiple times, has uh, not a very good relationship the with the with dictatorship media dictatorship. in
0: Argentina. Um, her ministers have been on TV tearing up newspapers saying that, that learn, uh, newspapers were lying and then the um, supposedly independent investigation going on has then revealed that no indeed the papers had it right um so we that is also something i think that is will be interesting to watch is this investigation that's going on into nisman's murder or killing or suicide however you'd like to to frame it um can that remain independent
2: that's a very good point there's so much There's so much mud in the water right now that even someone trying to see clearly is going to have a real difficulty. And when you then have agencies and people, including prosecutors, who work sometimes in the shadows and have special accesses to information uh, and all of that, I think it's going to be very difficult for there to be a conclusion to the investigation that satisfies the political need of everybody involved. Uh, this This is a president who has shown... Uh, people might not agree with this, but has shown moments of brilliance, but also shown moments of incredible bad judgment. This week, in addition to all of this huge scandal, she's over in China. I- ironic that she's gone and left the country during this political crisis to go do a trade mission in China. And even during a trade mission, which is kind of hard to mess up, she put her foot in her mouth by twittering out in f- a message mocking Chinese accents when they're trying to speak Spanish. Um that's, you know, that's just even on the diplomatic side, you just don't need that sort of noise on the line. Thank you so much, Fulton Armstrong, a research fellow at American
0: University Center for Latin American and Latino Studies, our guest on Latin Pulse today.
2: Great to be here. Thanks a lot, Rick.
0: If you want to read more about Armstrong's views on the mystery of Alberto Nisman, you can check out the AULA blog, the blog of the Center for Latin American and Latino Studies, at American University. You can find the blog at AULAblog, all one word, dot net. That's AULAblog.net. Coming up, exploring Carnival in Brazil. Stay with us. This planet
2: we call Earth, abundant with new food, new cures, new life, an amazing place. Please don't let it vanish without a trace. Call for your Free World Wildlife Fund Action Kit with 10 simple things you can do to help leave our children a living planet. Call one 800 L L W W
0: F. Welcome back to Latin Pulse. Celebrations for Carnival began in Brazil today, Friday, February the 13th, and continue until the middle of next week. However, amid tough economic times, the official parade was canceled in the country's capital, Brasilia and in 19 other cities. The country's top broadcaster, Globo, has scaled back its usual wall-to-wall coverage. And even in Rio, where there are more carnival celebrations than any other city, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, yes, even in Rio, some neighborhoods won't be celebrating the same way this year, with Brazil teetering on the verge of recession. Nevertheless, the show will go on in Rio and in many other cities, so we turned to blogger Rachel Glickhouse to explain this pre-Lenten celebration. Glickhouse is the author of the popular Rio Gringa blog about Brazil. We reached her via Skype in New York City.
3: It began in Europe um, as a Catholic and pagan celebration, and then it was adopted in Latin America and Brazil and acquired traditions from other places like Africa and Indigenous traditions. And now um, it's a popular celebration all over Brazil, and each city and state sort of has its different traditions. So the most famous carnival celebration is obviously Rios, um, but carnival happens all over the country. There are local traditions in um, every place you go. Um, but I think that probably the thing that connects all of Carnival's celebrations throughout Brazil is the concept of the street party. So Carnival is a big celebration that happens outside um, and people go into the streets and listen to live music and drink uh, and celebrate. Um, In a lot of places, people dress up in costumes when they go to these street parties. Um, There's a lot of Cross-dressing, so men will will dress in dresses or dress up like babies. Um, so it's a little bit of Halloween mixed with a street party. In that respect, um, the other really famous part about Brazil's carnival is the samba drum celebration. There's actually a samba drum in Rio and São Paulo as well. Um, and they both have their own parades. But those are the ones that I think um, people think of when they think of Carnival in Brazil Is these extremely lavish parades with huge floats and beautiful costumes um, and people dancing and singing to samba. Um, and that's uh, certainly a huge attraction. It's a very big, um, uh, ticket item for tourists. Um, but it's really only one of the things that happens, um, during carnival.
0: So you talked about the European influences here mm-hmm. and more or less, this is a pre Lenten celebration yes. uh, before a time of fasting and sacrifice. Let, let's have the big party.
3: Exactly. Um, you know, it, it obviously came from European tradition of, um, uh, not eating meat carnival comes from the, the words to to cease eating meat um, but yes it's um, that is essentially what it is um, and it's obviously um, adapted to local realities so for example um, in Brazil uh, January and February are summer high summer so it's also a big summer celebration so basically the time period between basically New Year's and Carnival is their summer vacation. So it's really a celebration um, of a time when people are, you know, taking off from work, generally relaxing. It's kind of this period of time that people get to um, relax before sort of the real work year begins in earnest.
0: Beyond the European and Portuguese influence, obviously, on this on this particular celebration in, in Brazil, you mentioned that it now has some African roots to it too. Um, would that be the the drumming, or would there be other things attached?
3: Well, there's a lot of of African influence in basically every carnival tradition throughout the country. Um, you know, samba has its roots in African music. Um, a lot of Brazilian popular music has African influence, including drumming. Um, for example, in Bahia, which is um, has one of the biggest populations of Black Brazilians, there are huge street parties and um, music that is heavily African-influenced with lots of costumes that would be the ones you might actually see in West Africa. You have these massive groups going out and dancing to um, heavily influenced African music. Um, Also, for example, in Pernambuco, which is also in the northeast of Brazil, you have different types of music like frevo and maracatu um, that also have their roots in African music. You know, you just have to keep in mind that all these street parties are parties, so there's a lot of drinking and raucous behavior. So, so yeah, it's not exactly super kid-friendly, but there are so many different ones In all across the country, that it really depends because some um, may be just a little bit more laid back than others. Everyone is celebrating together, um, and it's sort of a a free for all when, for one or for a couple of days, you kind of forget about social realities and everyone gets to have a good time. That said, um, there are also um, these very fancy carnival balls, which also are historic and and go back many years, um, where the elite hold private carnival parties with um, very lavish costumes, um, usually in like a hotel or something like that, um, where they're having their own special carnival celebration. Um, But despite that, um, these blocos are incredibly popular and people really from every social strata go to them because they're so much fun um the other thing i would say about the blocos about these street parties particularly in rio is that they have really funny names um there are a bunch of really famous ones there's um cordon da bola preto which is one of the biggest ones sometimes you know you'll have hundreds of thousands of people go to that one it's in the downtown area of rio Uh, but some of them have really really clever and funny names Um, for example, there's one called um, Christ's Armpit, like the, the Christ the Redeemer. So it's Christ's Armpit. And they're all over the city and they're really, really fun and sort of have a feeling of spontaneity, even though they're planned and there's a whole schedule that you can look up and see what, which bloco is playing where and where it leaves from. Um, so it's just there's a lot of creativity that also goes into these street parties.
0: Thank you so much, Rachel Glickhouse, the author of the Rio Gringa blog, our guest today on Latin Pulse.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for joining us on this edition of Latin Pulse. If you'd like to send us your suggestions or comments, you may leave us a message online via SoundCloud, or you may write us via email. You can find us at latinpulse at gmx.com. That's Latin Pulse, all one word, at gmx.com. If you're looking for earlier editions of Latin Pulse, we're available in various locations on the web, including iTunes, Facebook, and Flipboard. You can also find us in the Brazilian online game, Mini Mundos. To see the Latin Pulse archives of video programs on Latin America, you can check out Link TV's website, www.linktv, all one word, dot org, and then slash Latin Pulse, also all one word. That's www.linktv.org slash Latin Pulse. Thanks for joining us this week on Latin Pulse for our entire team. Production assistant Gabriela Canchola and producer Jim Singer, I'm Rick Rockwell. Escúchanos otra vez. Gracias por su tiempo. Latin Pulse is produced at the School of Communications at Webster University, the global university, headquartered in St. Louis, Missouri, with music copyright support through Webster University and Link TV. This program is copyright 2015 Las Rocas Productions.